I'm Timothy Putnam, and I'll be your host for the next hour. Each week, we gather right here to explore the foundations of our faith, to look at the implications of our faith on our daily lives, so that together, you and I can prepare to live outside the walls. Well, um, here we are. <laughs> here we are, ever inching closer to Election Day. Uh, and uh, I'm not a political show. I'm not a political. I'm just going to keep repeating that until I believe it, right? Uh, but and I do know that we we air some of our uh, our show airs on some nonprofit uh, radio stations, and so I can't talk too much uh, about politics. But this is what I can say, uh, without any hesitation whatsoever, is that our Catholic faith requires of us. Uh, to to take in the whole council of faith and and to transcend in that way uh, party designations. Uh, there's way too many commenters out there, including a great many from the the Catholic world, who have become so beholden to their specific political framework, their party platform, uh, that they can no longer look objectively at the faith, that they view the lens of their faith through the lens, of their politics rather than viewing politics through the lens of their faith. And I want to encourage you to break out of that. And there's a couple of ways to do that. First of all, you can go to uh, the archives of this show, outsidethewalls.com. You click on archives. Back in August, I had a great conversation with Sam Rocha about forming our consciences. And in the show notes there, uh, I have linked to a blog article I wrote around that same time uh, on my Pathios blog, which you can also get to by going to OutsideTheWalls.com. And there at the bottom of that, uh, uh, that article, that blog post, uh, is a link to several different documents, encyclicals, and the like that I was using to form my conscience this year uh, that the church has given us that you might find helpful as well. So, uh, all of that to say, uh, here it is, and I have watched uh, the, the, the Facebook feeds, uh, or as my friend says, the Facetubes. I've watched the Facetubes, and um, all I've seen is uh, abject terror, right? People are frightened. They're frightened if uh, Hillary gets in. They're frightened if Trump gets in, and people really aren't for the most part, voting for their candidate, they're voting against the other candidate. And uh, I want to tell you something. Be not afraid. Today is the feast day of St. Pope John Paul II. Be not afraid. Um, most of the time we celebrate saints' feast days in memorial uh, of the anniversary of their death. Their feast day coincides with the day that they died. Uh, not so with St. Pope John Paul II, we celebrate that feast day on the day of his uh, inauguration as Pope, as his elevation to Pope. So here we are, October 22nd. He died, actually, uh, right after, really shortly after Easter in uh, 2005. And I know this not because I'm any great scholar of St. Pope John Paul II, but rather my, uh, my darling bride, uh, was traveling, living abroad, uh, studying in London at the time. And my cousin, who is uh, the judicial vicar in the Diocese of Shreveport, uh, right now he's also the rector of the cathedral there, uh, he, he managed to get my, my darling bride tickets 
to all of the, the Holy Week masses. She who was not Catholic at the time. So she was there uh, for celebrating Holy Week for the last uh, Easter of St. Pope John Paul II's life. And by the time she made it back to her school in London, uh, he had passed. And so there's a little bit of family history there. Um, she didn't really understand anything that was going on, uh, but she was quite taken with it. And I'm sure that that had something, something to do, some influence uh, brought to bear on on her conversion uh, and probably made it a little bit easier when I decided to convert. It didn't take her near as long to decide this was a good idea as it took me. So um, be not afraid. Be not afraid. In fact, when we uh, when we get to our readings from church history, we're not going to go very far back at all. We're going to go and we're going to read uh, the address, the very first address that St. Pope John Paul II gave as Pope. Uh, and, and that's what he says. He says, be not afraid. Uh, and so I, I want to encourage you, in the midst of all of this swirling sea of this is the most important election ever, which I've only heard for the last eight elections, right? This is the most important election ever, and if we don't do this, the world is going to dissolve. Well, no, no, it's not. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. Later in the show, we're going to be talking with Adam Conk and Casey Trahan. They are brand new Breadbox Media hosts. Uh, starting October 31st, they've got a new show coming every day. Uh, one of our new daily shows called uh, Higher Ground. And they're going to be looking at politics, culture, religion, uh, all of these different things that can be kind of controversial. And they're going to take the the 30,000-foot view. The show's called Higher Ground. Uh, and they're going to look at uh, what what things unite us, even when you're coming from different opinions. So these two guys have very different opinions, and yet, and yet they are going to show uh, that one civil discourse is possible. That's important. Uh, but two, that even even though we share the faith, we have a diversity of opinions, and people of goodwill may legitimately come to different conclusions. Uh, so we're going to have a conversation with them about their new show, about the work that they are currently doing. They run a, a radio station down in Lafayette, Louisiana, South Louisiana. Uh, and we're going to talk uh, just a little bit about everything. So uh, you're, you're going to want to hang in for that. And before we get to that, uh, I want to talk a little bit about passing on our values. Because you and I, we have some very definite opinions. We've got some very definite values uh, that we that we espouse and uh, sometimes I think we expect that, uh, that our kids are just going to catch it. Uh, and I think sometimes we need to be very intentional about passing on these values. I'm going to tell you a story that just now occurred with my oldest son uh, in which I had a very specific lesson that I wanted to teach him and, uh, and how we went about that. So my son uh, had a, has a bike because that's what you have when you're eight years old. That is your freedom. That is your way to get away from the confines of the house, look how far I can ride a whole block. How awesome is this? Uh, <laughs> uh, look how fast I can go. So anyway, he had, uh, he had this bike, and the pedal fell off. And uh, so his, uh, his mom, I was at work, his mom tried to fix it, and it fell off again. And when she looked at it, she realized that it was completely stripped. Not only was it completely stripped, but the uh, the crank was complete, completely stripped as well. And it's one of those like Walmart bikes, and so it's not 
not like it's really easy uh, to go buy replacement parts at, at the bike store because uh, Walmart's not carrying those kind of things. Uh, so she went on Craigslist uh, because she knows how to find the deal, and she found a really high-quality bike for about 20 bucks. And uh, it was my job, since I was in town, to go take a look at this thing. So I went out, and I, I looked at the bike, and, and it, was, it, was, it was it needed some love. There were some rust spots here and there. It was still a pretty good frame, uh, but the, the brake cables were completely rusted through. And uh, the, uh, there was rust on a couple of places in the frame. The seat didn't have the clamp, and just a lot of little bitty things that probably would have been worth that had we been in a better place uh, financially to do that because it's a, it's a growing up bike. It's something that we'll get to. But we didn't do that because what I really want my son to realize uh, my family to realize, is that uh, when something breaks, we don't throw it out. We don't throw it out. We, we fix it if it can be fixed. There's enough, uh, enough things that are discarded, uh, discarded in this world that we don't need to add to it, right? Uh, we discard things when they, uh, when they cease to be useful to us, when they have a small flaw in them. And this leads to uh, this whole culture of throwing things away, the throwaway culture. And it can get all the way up to people. So I want to start with these little things. Uh, how do we become a not throwaway culture, right? We, uh, we basically throw out a bag of trash every week, maybe, maybe a, maybe a whole kitchen size bag, and we recycle the rest uh, because we want to be a culture. Uh, we want to, in our house, uh, we, we don't want to throw things away if we don't have to. And so here we are, we've got this bike problem. So I, I looked it up, and I found the little place, the Walmart supplier of this bike. And uh, it took about two weeks to get this thing fixed. It did. It took a while. There was also this, this value of patience that was instilled in him. But we ordered the bike part. It came, and last night, last night he got to stay up, past his bedtime, come out to the garage with me with tools, <laughs> and we put this bike back together. Uh, and this was an, a very intentional lesson. One, that we don't look for the quick fix. We don't look for something that uh, will make us happy real fast. We take the time and we fix things that are broken. Now, this can go all the way up to uh, relational later. He can, hopefully, by learning this, he'll realize that those things that are important to us, those things that are valuable, uh, we don't just throw away. We keep them, we nurture them, we maintain them, we fix them, uh, and we, uh, you know, we don't throw out a whole thing because there's one problem with it. And so that's the lesson that I wanted to teach to him, and we did that transmitting of those values in a very tangible way uh, by walking through, by accompanying him through that experience. Uh, it was a good experience for me as a dad, too. Tell me. What are some of the values that you have passed on to your kids, not by accident, but through an intentional lesson? Why don't you tell me over at facebook.com slash step outside the walls. On Twitter, the handle is at outside the walls. I want to know what you think. We'll be right back after this. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Outside the Walls. I am your host, Timothy Putnam. Thanks for sticking through the break. 
Oh, if our pre-show conversations have been any indication, have I got a show for you today. Uh, we're talking with a couple of guys down from Lafayette, Louisiana, uh, Adam Conk and Casey Trahan. Uh, they're the new hosts of a brand new, almost on the air show here on Breadbox Media called Higher Ground. It's going to be every weekday uh, at 4 p.m. Eastern. So if, you, if you're just looking for something to listen to because you're like, you know, I really want to listen to Outside the Walls, but that's only on Saturdays at 4 here, here you go. I have a gift for you in in the package of, and really, it takes it takes two of these guys to equal one of me. Uh, they've got to do the show together. So, uh, Adam and Casey, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having us, Timothy. For sure. Y'all, y'all do not sound like you're from Lafayette, Louisiana. Come on, uh, spice it up a little, guys. Well, I, I've heard that Cajun accents don't register well in focus groups around the country. So <laughs> I've learned. I've learned to, you know, change my platform to to match the views of our listeners. What do you think we sound like down under? Oh wait, is that the wrong accent? <laughs> that was Australian. <laughs> that wasn't even Australian, man. That was that was um, that was, <laughs> that was a the really Texas version. That was a solid attempt at at not achieving. <laughs> it's yeah. just it's just strange. But thankfully, that's over. That and that is over. So, you know, you guys, you started up this, uh, this Catholic radio station down in Lafayette, Louisiana, which was really interesting because uh, you're 98% Catholic down there. You know, uh, most of the country is missionary diocese, 10% Catholic or less, and you guys are just knocking it out of the park down there in terms of population, but there was no Catholic radio. Yeah, and it, it was really strange because, like you said, we're so Catholic, but also we're so involved in our faith. We're not just I mean, if you go to any daily mass throughout our diocese, you're going to see people at mass. I mean, the amount of people that go to daily mass in this diocese is really incredible. Um, but there's no Catholic radio. So four years ago, they said, well, look, let's let's solve that problem. And uh, here we are. And it's been difficult, you know, as any Catholic radio station will tell you, I'm sure you, you can relate to this, right? Mm-hmm. Catholic media is not the most lucrative thing in the world. But you know what? By God's grace... Here we are, and it uh, really is making an impact. We have about 6,000 daily listeners on our station, uh, two stations uh, down here in the diocese, and, and it's, been, it's been something, you know, to see God move in this ministry. Yeah. So y- you've done something that I've noticed a lot of newer Catholic radio stations doing, and that is not taking wholesale uh, the content from any one of the, the major networks out there, but from really curating your your station and creating some local content uh, that is specific for your region. So talk to me a little bit about the, the shows that you've put on that are unique to you. Right. So we have your standard morning show. I believe every local radio station should have a morning show to give a voice to those who live in the community. Uh, but we also have a few other things. We air a, a daily mass from our cathedral. Mm-hmm. We have uh, a show on Friday called From the Pulpit, which features homilies from different priests from around the diocese, which are easy enough to put on, right? I mean, there's, there's not a whole lot that goes into that. You're kind of just recycling material that's already in the community. Uh, we have a youth program, and we also have uh, a talk show in the afternoon called Acadiana Talks, which is specifically about arts and culture from a local Catholic perspective. And a French rosary, Cajun French rosary every day. True. So take that, Cajun land. <laughs> Now, I'd, I'd actually be interested in hearing that. Uh, not not now, but, you know, sometime, sometime <laughs> I soon. I couldn't do it for you, Timothy, I'm afraid. But. <laughs> so now let, let's talk for a moment because you, you have this radio station and you have 
slaved away at it. You've put your, your heart and your soul into it. And you're thinking, hey, you know what we really need to do? We need to take on more work and do mm-hmm. a daily show mm-hmm. on someone else's network. What are you guys thinking? <laughs> that was exactly what we were thinking. You did it, Timothy. No, um, we, we've identified two basic needs for Catholic audio content, at least in, in our area. And I'm assuming in other areas. One is Catholic audio is a great way to learn about your faith in a hurry. So if you have 15 minutes a day and you're new to the faith or you just want to learn a ton, Catholic Radio um, and our, our affiliate with uh, EWTN, it's, it's, it's one of the best ways to do that. And so we're happy to put that on the air for people here. Then there's this also this other need, I think, which is, you know, maybe, I, maybe I'm catechized or, you know, maybe I've been living my faith for a while. And what I, would, what I have a need for is to hear Catholic conversation. Mm-hmm. applying the faith to particular real world situations and ideas and, and challenges in a way that's not just black and white. Like here's the teaching of the church or here, this is not the teaching of the church, but it's more in that gray area of a look, let's start applying this teaching uh, where the magisterium ends, so to speak, not to go against the magisterium, but the magisterium is not going to tell us, you know, who to vote for in this election or whatever, you know? And so there's this other need for Catholic conversation imbued by the faith um, vivified by the faith, but yet not just presenting the faith. And that's where, you know, I think Breadbox excels. And we're happy to be a part of the team because it meets a huge need. You're showing others uh, a need for, especially those younger Catholics that have been formed in their faith, to talk about their faith in that setting. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I noticed about uh, EWTN, and, and they've done great work for a number of years, uh, but there is this uh, almost revolving door uh, on some of these apologetic shows, and it makes it seem like the faith is all about apologetics. And apologetics has an important point in that there are times when people ask us questions about our faith, and we should be well-informed enough to give a compelling answer. And yet, life is not all about questions and answers. Sometimes life is about living, uh, and that's formed by our faith, and yet it extends beyond questions of the divinity of Jesus or uh, the place of Mary in salvation history or, or any of these other uh, questions which are uh, essential to the faith and yet not sufficient for living out the faith. Correct. And, and sometimes there, there's a media answer to some of this, this lacking that we're seeing. You know, a lot of it revolves around just target demographics and who you have working on specific projects. And what I've noticed, you know, in Catholic media is kind of a generational divide that's just widening. Very similar to that in the secular news media, you're finding that within Catholic media. And so there needs to be a bridging of that gap between, you know, people my age, I'm 24, and then some older folks. Like my age, Casey? (laughs) I was about to say, what, 24? Good gracious. That is, you are a mere child. So glad to have you in in this. And a child shall lead them to. That's the truth. I think that was referring to Jesus. Ah, it is. Not not to Casey. We're talking with Adam Conk (laughs) and Casey Tron, hosts of the upcoming show, Holy Ground, here on Breadbox Media. Uh, So let's talk about this show. Uh, we got a little bit of time here. Yeah. What are you anticipating uh, that you're going to do every day at 4 o'clock beginning October 31st? Well, I'm holding in my hand now an amazing historical event called a smartphone. Mm. All right. And as it turns out, lots of people have them. And they have these things called news feeds on them. 
right? Right. And where do people find out what they're going to care about? For a lot of them, it's their Facebook feed or their, uh, you know, I have like Google News as far as the feeding of the news headlines. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at these feeds on our own phones, you know, things we're interested in that other people are interested to. And we're going to discuss them from a Catholic perspective. We're also going to get guests, uh, ones that we know, but ones that we don't know that are the right people to be having these conversations, everything from global warming to the election to um, whatever, but also things of pop culture that people should be interested in. So the tagline of the show kind of says it all, daily conversations about things that should matter. Maybe they don't matter to us, but they should, right? Um, So that's what we're going to talk. And it's going to be interesting because Casey and I uh, don't think the same way about things. That's because you're old. I am old. He's took the words right out of my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Timothy's already got you pegged. Yeah, that's it. Casey doesn't like being pegged. So so that's the idea of the show. And and it's called higher ground because we want to live on that higher ground to where it's not just, you know, this camp versus that camper. I think this because I belong to this group of people and you think that because you belong, but rather, you know, as Catholics, there's room for a lot of opinions to be discussed in charity and we're going to disagree a lot, but not because we belong to particular camps, but because we're human persons mm-hmm. and we have, we have our own thought. Yeah, so, just to add to that, I mean, we, we kind of lost the culture of discourse um, amongst ourselves, I would say. And so we're going to fight a lot. It's just, <laughs> it's just the, the way it's going to be. But we, we know how to have those conversations with each other. And we're hoping to just share that with a general audience. You know, I'm just watching you two guys here, and I'm really interested in in actually observing one of your fights. Sure. Uh, Who do you think would win, Timothy? Just be honest. You know, he looks spry. Casey looks spry. <laughs> he is so, spry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so I, I'm not going to put any money down uh, yet, but uh, give me about a week into the episodes, and I'll send you. I'll, I'll send shoot you a social <laughs> media tweet or something that says, "I don't know. It's totally uh, Adam or totally Casey." So. Uh, let, let's talk about what is your, uh, j- this is the lightning round. Uh, Casey, mm-hmm. what's your favorite thing to argue about? Politics. Mm. It's politics in general or, yep. or like a specific? Yep. Easy, easy answer, politics. Uh, no, I, I, political philosophy, um, as well as kind of some of the, the nuances of particular elections. Right now it's the presidential, obviously, but even you know, throughout the, you know, we have more elections than just every four years, turns what? out. Wait, w- w- you, we, we elect more than just the president? Okay, your yeah. lightning round's over now, though. I'll get back to you when we get back from the break. <laughs> lightning round, uh, Adam, what's your favorite thing to argue about? The church. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, the church, how to be the best church. Yeah. What the church should be doing, what it should not be doing, what we should be investing, what we should not be investing in. I All love right. to argue about that. All right, well, we'll be back in just a moment with these two guys, Adam Conk and Casey Trahan. They are uh, purveyors of uh, a radio station down in Lafayette, Louisiana. They also are going to be daily hosts here on the Breadbox Media Network every every weekday, 4 p.m. Eastern. The show is Higher Ground. We're going to learn more about that when we come back. Why don't you join this conversation over on social media, facebook.com slash step outside the walls. On Twitter, the handle is at outside the walls. What's your favorite thing to argue about? We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Outside the Walls.
Welcome back to Outside the Walls. I am your host, Timothy Putnam. So glad you're here today. We're talking. We're talking today with Adam Conk and Casey Trahan. They are the uh, the purveyors of King ninety point five and AM twelve thirty in Lafayette, Louisiana, uh, the diocese of. Uh, it's a, a lovely new station, well, four years old, new station, newish station, Catholic radio down in South Louisiana. And uh, that's my my best attempt at sounding like someone from South Louisiana. It's very good. That's all I got right there, those two words, right? Uh, <laughs> my my dad grew up in, uh, in New Iberia, Maxie, Crowley, Lafayette, that whole area down there. Uh, and so I, I grew up. When, uh, whenever mom would tolerate it on boudin and uh, crawfish etouffee and gumbo. So um, mm. uh, I grew up in Texas, but I have a, a great love for your food. Of course. <laughs> Everyone does. Not, not for your humidity. But no, no, no. But you see, wouldn't you give the world's worst climate the world's best food? I mean, injustice. <laughs> I mean, that's true. That's I mean, the least you could do. <laughs> at least. Uh, we, we, uh, my wife and I on our, gosh, I think our third or fourth anniversary, we went to this uh, bed and breakfast up in Arkansas. And it just so happened that the people uh, that ran this little bed and breakfast uh, had moved there immediately following Katrina. And, uh, and so this bed and breakfast, for breakfast, we had, uh, I think what they called uh, apple pie pancakes. But really, really what it was, if we're honest, is bread pudding with apples on top. All right. That's it was, okay. It was stellar. It was really, it was dessert for breakfast. It was fabulous. So that is neither here nor there. We're talking with Adam Conk and uh, Casey Trahan. They are also going to be starting a brand new show on Breadbox Media, 4 p.m. Eastern every day, every weekday, uh, called Higher Ground, in which it's going to be kind of like a celebrity death match. We're going to put these two... <laughs> without the celebrities. <laughs> without the celebrities. We're going to put these two guys uh, in, a, in a small room with a couple of microphones. We're going to drop a topic on them, and we're going to see who emerges uh, still breathing. Uh, is that about right? Every day, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> So let's talk about politics because, hey, why not? Why not? Uh, why not? Something that I have seen. Now, first of all, I've got very definite opinions about politics, um, mm. specifically in this election. Uh, and my prudential judgment and spending time forming my conscience has said, a D, none of the above. Let's pick somebody else. But uh, something that I have seen, all I mean, my Facebook feed is completely and utterly populated by the election. You would think that the whole rest of the world had stopped and nothing else was occurring anywhere mm -hmm. uh, based on, on my Facebook feed. And I've got lots of people that are saying, hey, the same things that I am. I've got a lot of people saying that you can't be a, a Christian and still vote for X. And if you vote for Y, you're letting X win. And how dare you and judgment fall upon you. Uh and then I've seen people saying, hey, cool your jets a little bit. That's not what the bishops have said. So bring your faith into the election and talk to me about tribalism and our responsibility as Catholics to resist tribalism and to speak in charity with one another. Go. Well, I'll even go a step further that in this particular case, we should probably uh, fight against westernization in general or Americanization, especially in this uh, political climate that we have. But the only reason we have this tribalism in the first place is because of, because of an influx 
of this American ideal and, and what it means to participate in democracy and also a Protestantization of the Catholic populace within that specific America. And you know this because you're a former Protestant. So you could, you could say things like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, we, we can only say that amongst ourselves. You can't say that about us. No, I can't. <laughs> so now I'm going gonna to push you to clarify that a little bit more. What do you mean by Westernization and Protestantization? Okay. So you, you mentioned tribalism, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it, it's this, this mindset that everybody in my bubble particularly uh, agrees about a certain thing. So anybody outside of that bubble must not have the intellectual capacity that those inside my bubble have. There's there's a certain biasness that we uh, attribute to anything that we read outside of that bubble, and we dehumanize that. Now, mm-hmm. the reason I say that that's Westernization and Ameri- Americanization is from imperialism. You know, from before the the World Wars and before this ideal that America was this grand country and the rest of the world is this either on one end of the spectrum, this savage country that has nothing to offer or the snobbish Europeans or whichever way you want to look at it. It was us against them. Mm -hmm. And that has crept into our church and our communities. Rebuttal. (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't know if I'll disagree with that as much as, you know, I've thought a lot about being an American over the past few months and what that means. Right. And And a Catholic American and I've learned to hesitate to be self-loathing. And I think it's almost disrespectful to Providence to imply that my country is a major problem and we need to just scrap it all and redo it. Whereas God has allowed certain things to take place. I live here. This is my country. And so, yeah, I'm proud to be an American. I'll say it. All right. I'm going to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance and the National Anthem. I'll do it. All right. Even though 60 million babies are aborted since 1973, I love America. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what Casey said about uh, the Protestantization of the church, I think, is, is about on target in that America needs the Catholic church mm-hmm. to be America. Just like I need to be Catholic to be fully me, America needs the Catholic church to be fully America. And the problem is we've, we've fallen to the fold that Casey just described of an us versus them reality. Because in Protestantism, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm the only one in this conversation who wasn't a Protestant. But it's basically the saved and the unsaved, right? It's those of us who have who have gotten it, and then there's those who don't, mm-hmm. right? And and this kind of influences the way we operate as a church, such that, you know, as as good-minded Catholics, is there is there another way to exist to where I can work with people that are not Catholics, and yet we could still uh, move culture towards the kingdom of God? And I think that kind of conversation is what the church can offer, but it's. You know, and it is offering. I'm not saying it's not, but uh, I think after this election, I'm considering how we can make a better offering than we currently are. Well, I think one of the things that is sadly missing in this election is uh, an understanding of the, the way our government works. Uh, and so we're focusing entirely on the executive branch of government when there are some really important races down ballot. You've got some people who say, I'm not even going to vote. And there is a, a prudential uh, uh, judgment that one may say, I'm not going to vote for president. But to realize that the, the offices that affect us most are those offices that are city, state, uh, and county, mm-hmm. right? These are the ones that are going to affect us directly. In fact, G.K. Chesterton said uh, that pol- we ought to keep our politicians close enough to kick them, 
right? That, <laughs> that politics ought to be local. Uh, and so as we lament what's happening uh, at the national scale, uh, we really ought to turn our attention to the issues, the, the implications, the, the people who are, uh, who are writing laws locally on this level. Uh, yeah, we ought to be concerned with national politics, but th- politics is one of those things that doesn't trickle down, it trickles up. And if we want to make changes, we start here and go that way. You sound like a Catholic, Timothy. What? You sound like a Catholic. Well, you know, if you, if you read WikiLeaks, apparently I don't know what subsidiarity and solidarity actually mean. I mean, those, those are just terms we throw out. We don't actually know what they mean. Well, so Pope Francis dropped this bombshell, and Adam's going to have to help me uh, remember the quote, but he, he says that we should have a political culture, not an over-politicized oh, – the country should not be uh, – have over – I'm forgetting be the overly I'm... politicized, but you have no political culture, which is where we yeah. are. Mm-hmm. And, and you're right. Culture is not built on a mass scale. It's built very locally. And if politics is part of that, that culture, which it has to be, if it's a true culture, because mm-hmm. culture includes politics. And, and that's why the country needs the church. Because when we talk about local community, the church is that local community, the parish church in the Dawson church, like that is as good as local community gets. And so yeah. if the country is going to be, fully America, fully alive, all these things, whether they're Catholic or not, uh, we need good, strong Catholic community. And some places we have it, some places we don't. Yeah, I think that's where we can turn. Well, something else that we really need to be aware of. Uh, I've seen it in this election. Uh, I've seen it in previous elections that if my person doesn't get in, or rather if the person I don't like does get in, then the world is going to implode and collapse upon itself and the end of time will come and the, the, the Antichrist and the devil will be here on our front door. And, and this really completely misses, uh, in an eschatological, uh, eschatological way, it is Americanization because in China, in, uh, in countries all over the world, in, in certain places in the Eastern Bloc in Russia, the church has long been persecuted. Mm-hmm. The church has long not had stature, and, and yet the church continues uh, as as ambassadors of the kingdom of God. We we uh, stand as the agents of the kingdom of God, and we work in the best interests of the kingdom of God. And frankly, those don't often match up with established political parties. And it's just the the hyperbole of what you just mentioned, specifically in our situation for an American presidential election. They've been having those kind of naysayers since this Hamilton-Jefferson, you know, Mm -hmm. arguments. It's always been an antichrist at the foot of the door ready to topple American culture. Well, i tell you what, that's all the time we have today. We've been talking with Adam Conk and Casey Trahan, uh, hosts of the brand new Breadbox Media Show coming October 31st and hitting the live stream every day, every uh, every weekday, 4 p.m. Eastern, Higher Ground. This is going to be a great conversation you're going to want to be a part of. Why don't you join my conversation? Go over to facebook.com slash step outside the walls. On Twitter, the handle is at outside the walls. Tell me what you think about this current political climate I want to hear. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam.
Welcome back to Outside the Walls. I am your host, Timothy Putnam. Thanks for sticking around. Oh, we had a great conversation. If you missed any part of it, don't worry. Don't worry. You can still get to it over at OutsideTheWalls.com. We've got a, just within a couple of hours of this show airing, uh, all of uh, all the archives are uploaded uh, at least by the next day. Uh, and so you can you can catch the show there on the archives. If you want to share it with someone, say, hey, there are these guys that you just, you, this was a great interview. You should hear it. Why don't you share that podcast? Uh, podcasting is one of the ways people get introduced to this show before they start tuning in weekly on the uh, on the Breadbox Media app, 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, so, yeah, if you if you want to if you missed any part of it, want to share the show, go over to outsidethewalls.com, click on the episode archives, and there you have it, uh, right there for your sharing and listening pleasure. Now, I want to talk to you about becoming a friend of the show. I do this often. And, and there's a couple of reasons for this. One, it helps uh, me and my family uh, quite a bit. We're currently uh, in the middle of making radio our living. And that can be a, a kind of a stressful time when you make a transition from one job to another. When I started out in radio, this was a part-time gig. And I did, uh, I did the, all the marriage and family life stuff for the Diocese of Tulsa. Great people out there. Um, but here I am now making a, a go of doing radio full-time, both uh, on this show and supporting some of the other fine shows here on the Breadbox Media Network. So uh, by becoming a friend of the show, you you do. You support and help my family. You say, hey, we love what you're doing with the show. We love what Breadbox is doing as a whole, and so we want to support what you're doing. And now, this is not just a tin cup rattle where I'm, I'm uh, asking for assistance. No, by no means. Uh, this is a premium membership uh, as you spend $10 a month, a couple of cups of coffee, which uh, one of which I have in front of me right now, 10 bucks a month, and you become a friend of the show, which makes you eligible for all kinds of giveaways, special content, blogs, etc., so forth and so on. And you're like, wow, this sounds amazing. It is amazing. Uh, I've got... <laughs> It's it's amazing. We've got some fun uh, fun videos that are there, and, and in fact, well, we had a, a great episode a couple of weeks back with um, Patrick Coffin, and he answered a, a question: What's your favorite memory? What's the favorite call you ever received on CatholicAnswers.com? And that that answer is only available to my friends of the show. So uh, there's a great incentive to become a part of this, uh, this network. So in order to do that, go over to OutsideTheWalls.com, click on the Friend of the Show tab, uh, look at the appeal that I have there, and the picture, the darling picture of my cute kids saying, please, please become a friend of the show. And, uh, and then you click the little button, you fill out a couple of little bit of information pieces, and as soon as that is transmitted and comes through to me, you get your very own login to that very same place, that very same part of the website that gives you all of the secret content. So uh, become a friend of the show today. Don't wait. Don't wait. Act now. <laughs> uh, let's see if I can make this more of an infomercial. For 1995. Uh, no, really, just really all it takes is 10 bucks a month, and uh, all of this content can be yours. So today is, as we said earlier, the feast day of St. Pope John Paul II. Um, and I want to say to you, be not afraid. Be not afraid. Uh, quit worrying about it. 
Let's turn our attention now to the words of St. Pope John Paul II. This is from a homily uh, on the inauguration of his pontificate. Peter came to Rome. What else but obedience to the inspiration received from the Lord could have guided him and brought him to this city, the heart of the empire? Perhaps the fishermen of Galilee did not want to come here. Perhaps he would have preferred to stay there on the shores of Lake Gennesareth with his boat and his nets. Yet, guided by the Lord, obedient to his inspiration, he came here. According to ancient tradition, Peter tried to leave Rome during Nero's persecution. However, the Lord intervened and came to meet him. Peter spoke to him and said, Quo vadis domine? Where are you going, Lord? The Lord answered him at once, I am going to Rome to be crucified again. Peter went back to Rome and stayed there until his own crucifixion. Our time calls us, urges us, obliges us to gaze on the Lord and to immerse ourselves in humble and devout meditation on the mystery of the supreme power of Christ himself. He who was born of the Virgin Mary, the carpenter's son as he was thought to be, the son of the living God as confessed by Peter, came to make us all a kingdom of priests. The Second Vatican Council has reminded us of the mystery of this power and of the fact that Christ's mission as priest, prophet, teacher, and king continues in the church. Everyone, the whole people of God, shares in this threefold mission. Perhaps in the past, the tiara, that triple crown, was placed on the Pope's head in order to signify by that symbol the Lord's plan for his church, namely that all the hierarchical order of Christ's church, all sacred power exercised in the church, is nothing other than service, service with a single purpose, to ensure that the whole people of God shares in this threefold mission of Christ and always remains under the power of the Lord, a power that has its source not in the powers of this world, but instead in the mystery of the cross and the resurrection. The absolute and yet sweet and gentle power of the Lord responds to the whole depths of the human person, to his loftiest aspirations of intellect, will, and heart. It does not speak the language of force, but expresses itself in charity and truth. The new successor of Peter in the Sea of Rome today makes a fervent, humble, and trusting prayer. Christ, make me become and remain the servant of your unique power, the servant of your sweet power, the servant of your power that knows no dusk. Make me a servant, indeed the servant of your servants. Brothers and sisters, do not be afraid to welcome Christ and accept his power. Help the Pope and all those who wish to serve Christ and with Christ's power to serve the human person and the whole of humankind. Do not be afraid. Open, I say open wide the doors for Christ. To his saving power, open the boundaries of states, economic and political systems, the vast fields of culture, civilization and development. Do not be afraid. Christ knows that which is in man. He alone knows it. So often today, man does not know that which is in him, in the depths of his mind and heart. 
So often he is uncertain about the meaning of his life on this earth. He is assailed by doubt, a doubt which turns into despair. We ask you, therefore, we beg you with humility and with trust, let Christ speak to man. He alone has the words of life. Yes, of life eternal. That's from the homily that St. Pope John Paul II preached on the, uh, on the first Mass he, he gave as, as Pope. That's his inaugural Mass. Be not afraid. Open wide the gates to Christ. How do we do that? Well, we can start now, right here in the very midst of this uh, stressful, tenuous uh, election season. We can be not afraid, first of all. We can, we can realize that it really doesn't matter in the, in the grand sweeping scheme of life who ascends to the presidency, whether it is a Constantine or a Caesar or a Nero or a, a Herod, right? Whoever is in power, uh, it doesn't matter because Christ is king. You know, people all over the world, I've heard people say, well, uh, how awful it would be if so-and-so got in or so-and-so else got in. And I think uh, how, how sheltered we are here in the United States. Certainly, we should strive to have good leaders, but the church thrives all over the world, even in the midst of persecution, even in the midst of places where there are people dead set against the church. The church thrives maybe not monetarily, maybe not in systems of power and influence and structure, but the church thrives bringing grace to the people of God. The church is, is unassailable in that way. Be not afraid. Uh, and so, first of all, don't get too caught up with who's going to be elected. Uh, I remember a previous election that I was just absolutely sure that uh, if if this person got into office, it was the end of the world. You know what? They got into office, and we're still here. Are things? Uh, some things are better. Some things are, are worse and more difficult. And yet, we continue doing the work of the church. We continue being ambassadors for Christ. We continue uh, in helping the church grow, right? Uh, we continue in, in spreading that amazingly good news of Jesus Christ. So be not afraid. And then open wide the gates and the spheres of your influence and wherever you have influence, bring it to bear and open wide those doors uh, to bring Christ and his grace into your conversations, into your offices, into the places where his mercy is able to do the best work. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Why don't you come over to facebook.com slash step outside the walls on Twitter, the handles at outside the walls. Let's have a conversation. Let's have some fun, right? Outside the Walls is a co-production of Breadbox Media and St. Michael Catholic Radio heard around the world on live streaming, terrestrial radio, and podcast. Yes. Until next week. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>